0: praise you this morning lord we just thank you for your goodness and we come with the universal word of highest praise hallelujah and here we are in Athens Texas singing hallelujah and all the way over in Israel they're singing hallelujah and over in China Japan hallelujah the word means the same wherever you go praise the lord we thank you lord for you are worthy of our praise, because you were better to us than we were to ourselves. We thank you for your goodness. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good to see you this morning. What a day it's been already. It's just getting gooder and gooder all the time. Amen. We're going to baptize four in the next service. We baptize every week, it seems like. we. Our, our baptistry ain't going to run by dry rot, I can tell you that. It's, it's, it's awesome. Well, today I'm wearing a, a pair of boots that I've never worn on a Sunday morning before. They're the most expensive boots I've ever bought. Uh, they're my favorite boots. And I know if you look at them, you're thinking, uh, you might want to get your money back because uh, they look rough. Uh, these boots uh, were custom made for me. The uh, master boot builder, Harry Beck, took a, a, f- a mold of my feet and made these boots specifically for me. Now, I don't, uh, I, I wear boots out pretty quickly, I kind of walk them over on the heels and and uh, and it's because they don't fit right until you get a man that makes them for your feet. These boots are, uh, when I was breaking a lot of colts, these were uh, just almost a requirement for me uh, in that. It just they're custom built for my foot, but for the job that I was doing, and so these, these are they're like high topped, uh, extra padding on the the uppers of these boots. It's pretty nice, aren't they? They look they look a little worn out, don't they? Yeah, that's blood right there. <laughs> that ain't mine. Uh, <laughs> there's a reason these boots are padded on top, because uh, uh, when when you're doing what causes that blood. Those cattle don't like that, and they kick you. And so that's padded for that. They're they're made for digging in the dirt. When there's something trying to drag you, you can dig your heels in. Everybody follow me? These are working cowboy boots, not something you get off the shelf at the boot barn. I paid nearly $700 for these ugly things. And you know how long ago? All my boots last me six months to a year. I bought these in 2006. They've had three sets of soles added to them. They actually rebuilt part of the boot. Um, It's my favorite boots. What's my point? Custom made. Custom made. Custom made. I have a custom made cowboy hat. I think my noggin don't fit right with a lot of hats. (laughs) I don't know. There's something about it to me when you say the word Custom-made. Oh, man, it just went up a notch. You know what I mean? It's made for you. So do you know that you are custom-made? Custom-made. And, and the intricacies of your life were put there for a purpose. I want to look at this psalm, Psalm uh, 139, verse 14. David, who uh, underwent a lot of garbage in his life, caused by people who uh, just chose evil over good uh... even early on as a child uh... jewish tradition says that david uh... it was believed by david's father that he was uh, a product of infidelity and that's why when all the brothers were brought in who's going to be the king david was out in the far pasture and and, and his daddy wouldn't even consider him to even bring him in to be considered a king and so when, when the, the prophet was looking for the king, he, he just left him out there. He's the least. And that didn't mean just the youngest or the smallest. He was the least. So he had a bunch of junk in his life. Then, then he had a man that he was, was uh, uh, serving as the king. And, and that man was trying to kill him over and over again and, and just did evil over and over again. But look what David says in Psalm 139 verse 14. I will praise you. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, fashioned for me. That, that, I just need to hang out on that passage of scripture right there. That even after your birth, the days, uh, things that happened to you that God didn't do but man meant for evil. He takes what the enemy meant for evil and he turned it for good. God will even take those and fashion them for you. To, to, to refine and define you exactly how he creates you to be. It says verse 16 again. Your eyes saw my substance uh, being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written, the day's fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts towards me, O God, how great is the sum of them. David says, I was made by God, custom made for a reason. And he was. We know that the purpose of God, you can go to Israel today and there's the city of David. He is the greatest king that Israel ever knew. And he had a hard start. But everything that happened to him, God would use it for a purpose. I'm going to look at another man named Joseph. In Genesis chapter 37, there's this man named Joseph. Jo- Joseph was one of the 12 sons of Israel, also known Jacob. And Joseph, uh, we don't have one flaw of his life mentioned in, this, in the Bible. The only thing that may have been a flaw of Joseph is that he talked too much. <laughs> I want you to look at chapter 37, verse 5. Now, Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There, were, there we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then, behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. Now, if y'all don't know this word, sheaf, it's not, it's not the kind of farming we do nowadays, but let me just, y'all know what a um, sickle. They would take these sickles and they would take the wheat and the grain and they would sickle that grain and it would cut it up the, kind of like a mower. But you would have this stand of grain and, it, and they would just take and bunch it all together and take one of them and wrap it around the top and that's sheaves. Kind of like when you look at our fields and there's bales of hay. There would be stacks of sheaves. So now that you know what, what we have in this dream... There's, there's Joseph's sheaf standing upright and all of his brothers were bowing to him. Now, Joseph, you could have kept that one to yourself. <laughs> little brother, <laughs> little brother could have kept that one to himself, but he didn't. In verse eight, and his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream and told to his brothers and said, look, I dreamed another dream. You didn't learn the first time? Keep your dreams to yourself, boy. And this time, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream you've dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth uh, before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Who gave Joseph these dreams? God, God says, Joseph, I created you for a purpose, and I'm going to do something in you, I'm going to do something through you that you can't even imagine. You couldn't dream this stuff up if you wanted to, but I'm going to bring it. So actually, because of his brothers hated him, their, their hatred towards him, they would do him wrong over and over again, and in this one particular incident, they, they catch him, and they throw him into a pit. We're going to look at a lot of verses of scripture here, we always do, amen, Talk to me now, and so we're going to look at a lot of verses of scripture, and uh, and just kind of hit the heels. We're going to hit the high points uh, of this of this story of Joseph. His brothers hated him, and so one day they they catch him, scuff him up a little bit, throw him into a pit. They're going to kill him. The oldest brother said, no, nah, let's not kill him," uh, but they did say, "Well, we can make a profit off of him," and they sold him uh, in verse twenty eight. They sold him as a slave. And so as he was sold as a slave, he was taken down to Egypt. And and he's then sold to Potiphar, who's like a a high official in the nation of Egypt. And so they're in Potiphar's house. um, Everything's rocking on pretty good. He's being blessed. And then Potiphar's wife, uh, 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 a (laughs) flucy, tries to entice him. And he said, I'm not going to sin against God. And that old hussy grabbed a hold of him, and he tried to take off, and he left his robe in her hands. So she goes to call him a right. rape. And her husband, being the high official he is, is mad because someone is taking advantage of his wife, throws him into jail, and here Joseph was innocent the whole time. I mean, it just keeps, it just keeps happening to him. And, 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 but it's just amazing how this happens. Then he gets locked up, so he's wrongfully accused. Injustly uh, imprisoned, and now he's forgotten. He, there's a couple in the jail that had dreams, and he interprets the dreams just as he was given a dream. He interpreted dreams for the others, and uh, and he said, "Now, when you get out of here, don't forget me." But guess what they did? They forgot him. And so here he gets locked away, gets forgotten, and it, and and it and it just keeps turning bad over and over and over again. But every time that it does, God will turn the bad into something good. So just like with David, knowing that God custom-made him for a, a job that he had for him, even after our birth, the things that happened to us, God will use those things to even bring about our good and our purpose. Amen? So let's go back through these scriptures again. There in chapter 39, uh, 37. No, I think I like 39 better. I know 39, verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph. Everybody say amen. amen. Can y'all do that a little more often? It sure helps. <laughs> the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man as a prisoner and a slave. He, he, he's he's a, a slave for Potiphar. The Lord was with Joseph. He was a successful man. He was in the house of the master of the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him. The Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Man, that's awesome. He's sold by his brothers into slavery, but in his, in his enslavement, uh, the Lord is with him and blesses him. And now he is, the cream has risen to the top in the house of Potiphar. But you know what? That was probably the cap of his uh, promotions. He couldn't go any higher. But you can go higher with God. Amen. So, when evil was done against him by Potiphar's wife, he's thrown in prison. Guess what happens with with him in prison? Chapter uh, 39, verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph. Seems to be a theme here, you know. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. In verse 23, the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it to prosper. I don't know if you, you're picking up on this, but I want to flip back, sister, to chapter 39, verse 3. And then we're going to flip forward again to chapter 3, uh, 39, verse 23. So chapter 39, verse 3. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and, did, and that the Lord made all he did to what? Prosper in his hand. Chapter 39, 39 verse 23. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it to prosper. So he's prospering as a slave. He's prospering as a prisoner. You're like, how in the world can you consider that prospering? You're a slave. You're a prisoner. But he kept rising above everything that was done to him. Amen. Now remember. Remember. Potiphar, high official in Egypt, uh, Joseph has risen through the ranks to be top of that man's world. But that wasn't high enough for God. God said, no, I need to take you higher. Did God falsely, did did God, this is a a good question. This This will test your theology. Did God entice Potiphar's wife to seduce Joseph? We know he didn't because God is not tempted with evil, nor does he tempt. And so, no. Who did? Well, most likely the devil was whispered in her ear and says, You need to take that boy. And she tries to get him into her bedroom. And, and Joseph, he's like, mm-hmm, I ain't doing it. How can I sin against God and my master, Potiphar? So, God didn't do it. Can you hear that? Many of us will have bad things happen in our lives, and we want to blame God for it. Can I just help you? know God didn't do it. I, I know some of our theology and some of our feelings will, will say that and, and accuse God, but can, can you just get that, that God didn't do it, but he will use it. He will absolutely use it. In Potiphar's house, Joseph was at the height, he, he promoted as high as he can go. But God says, I'm going to take you to Pharaoh's house. Now, he didn't entice that woman to seduce him. She did that. But what Satan uh, tries to use for our failure, God will use for our success. Amen. So he goes into prison. Pharaoh has, he, he interprets the dreams of these two guys in prison. Pharaoh has some dreams. And the guy who forgot about Joseph said, I know one who interprets dreams. Several years later, Pharaoh said, bring him here to me. Joseph interprets the dreams. I'm shortening the story a lot. And, uh, and, and guess what happens in Pharaoh's house? Joseph climbs the corporate ladder. Now, do you not know that he did not care about a corporate ladder? He kept looking to God. and God made everything he did to prosper. And so much so that he has now been elevated to as high as another human being could be. We have Pharaoh, who is the strongest man on the planet. We have the strongest country. He's the head of that country. Pharaoh is the strongest man. And now Joseph is now out of Potiphar's house. He's in Pharaoh's house, and he's always to, all the way to the top. So, well, he's number two under Pharaoh, except for the fact that Pharaoh did not make a decision without Joseph deciding it for him. I'm not going to read all those scriptures, but uh, you can on your own. It's the longest story in the book of Genesis about the individual Joseph. Isn't that interesting? Chapter 45, what you're getting to in chapter 45 is Pharaoh had a dream. Joseph interpreted, actually two dreams. And Joseph interpreted the dreams to say, there's going to be seven years of plenty. Our crops are going to be bumper crops for seven years. But then after that, there's going to be seven years of famine. So Joseph tells Pharaoh, he said, we better get ahead of this thing and start saving and not spending. And so they saved back from seven years of, of amazing uh, uh, crops. And so uh, now Egypt is the only place anybody can find anything to eat. Now remember, Joseph's got his brothers and his dad back there in the promised land. And now they're hungry. They've run out of food. The famine has affected their household. And guess what? They, they don't know where Joseph's at, by the way. They think he's dead. And they're going down to Egypt because it's the only place to have any, that, that has any food. And the only reason they have any is because of Joseph. So they get down there, and the boys, the brothers of Joseph, are asking for food. And, and, uh, and, and as the story goes on, we get to this verse of Scripture, chapter 45, verse 4. And Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother. Whom you sold into Egypt. Remember. He's now. A a counselor. To the most powerful man. On the planet. You reckon them boys might have been a little. A little scared. You reckon those boys might have been. A little bit afraid. And and Joseph said come here to me. Now when my dad says come here to me. I'm in trouble. The next thing I'm going to hear. Is the popping of a belt coming through belt loops. And that makes me pee a little bit. So. (laughs) joseph said come here to me and uh, i'm sorry sometimes things come to my head and out my mouth before and my filter don't always work and uh even myself though sometimes i'll pull my belt off too fast and it makes that and i ah man (laughs) scares me Uh, so joseph tells his brothers come here to me verse five but now Do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. Catch this. For God sent me before you to preserve life. If your theology says that God made those boys beat up their brother, throw him in a pit, and sold him to slavery, then I would like to talk to you about your theology. Because now not only are you an accuser of the brethren, you're accusing the father But our omniscient, meaning all-knowing, omnipotent, meaning all-powerful, God can take any evil that's done to you and flip it on its head and turn it into something good. Amen? And and, and Satan ends up being his errand boy. I mean, it's just awesome. Verse 6, for these two years the famine has been in the land. There are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth. In other words, the next generation, the next generation, Joseph would be the the savior of the family. And to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God. Amen. That's a good statement to to remember. Uh, Just that phrase, but God. Do you see it? Anytime evil comes upon you anytime sickness comes upon you anytime the corruption of a sin sick world hits you where you live just say but god <laughs> but my god can do greater things than these things have done against me god my god can raise me above the worst thing that man can do to me the worst thing that this world can do to me my god can raise raise me up above it and, but god he has made me a father to pharaoh Who's the most powerful man on the planet? Pharaoh. And Pharaoh looks up to Joseph. Isn't this cool? Man, what a story. He looks up to Joseph. I'm a father to Pharaoh, a lord of all of his house, and a ruler throughout the land of Egypt. So when you see that his hatred, the hatred of his brothers against him, we look at that and say, it's unjust. It's not right. I tell you that I am. I told you we're all wired in certain ways. I am wired in this way. I hate injustice. I hate injustice. In fact, I so hate it that I have to catch myself when I see injustice for not going too far. Because then I want to deal with injustice. That's how I'm wired. There are other ways that I'm wired, that I have struggled with. And catch this, the way that you are wired, Satan wants to defile. The way that you were custom made, Satan wants to defile it so that you will deny it. Because there are ways that I am wired in which that's exactly where the enemy wants to hit me, to corrupt me in that way, so that now I will say, I don't, I, I'm, not gonna, uh, I'm not going to walk in that way that God has made me. I don't know if I'm making sense to you. But maybe there's a way that God custom-made you in which Satan now wants to come in and defile that way so that, that you then are ashamed of being made that way. You are then guilt-ridden over being made that way, such as, as I said, I hate injustice. I have a little bit of a temper. Uh, I, 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 I have a lot of fight in me. When I became very serious with the Lord, there was a real clear indicator that the Lord has done something in me when things that used to just set me off, it all changed. And I'm like, wow, he's done something. But I want you to know, it wasn't that he tried to remove that facet of my life, he just tried to refine that facet of my life. Amen? Are, are y'all catching what I'm saying? And so that, that then he says, you're not going to fight in the physical anymore, you're going to fight in the spiritual. I have a a very adventurous spirit, a little bit crazy, kind of bold, kind of courageous. I used to always try to do something more wild and crazier than the last thing I did. And then I become, uh, fast forward the story, I become a pastor in which I live in a glass house and people are always watching how I live, what I do. And now I'm stuck in one place always, and the church has stopped growing, and I'm over here dying. God, do something. You, why am I struggling so bad? And it's almost like you want to turn off that part of your life and say, well, I, I'm just going to tame this area of my life. I'm not going to be adventurous anymore. And you know what? I couldn't turn it off. And I would get so unsettled in my position as a pastor that I wanted to quit. I want to just take off. And God, I'm crying out to God, move me. And he finally got through my thick head and said, You're custom made to do something that I'm about to do. I'm going to use you to do it. And I need someone who's bold, courageous, adventurous, ready to blaze new ground, yeah. do new things. That, are, that is so stubborn that even when people tell you don't do it, it's going to cost you everything, you're going to do it anyway. He so said, I need you to be that way. Because I'm about to take you out of a denomination and, and I'm going to do something in, in you and through you that you can't, you can't be tamed. Men, if God built you to be a little wild, don't let the world try and take that out of you. Just use it for kingdom purposes. You're custom made. Amen? And when stuff comes against you, use that to. Don't deny that part of your life. Use that as an opportunity for God to elevate you. Use it as an opportunity. Don't waste one single hardship. Amen. God would use Joseph to save his family and he would use his family to save the world. Because it's through that family that our Savior came. Amen. Isn't this awesome? As you see, no, he, he was formed in the womb exactly how God wanted him. Oh, but yeah, that sin sick world corrupted him. No, it didn't corrupt him. And it don't corrupt you. There's a word that gets used in church circles a lot, and that's that word destiny. And I, and I like it, and yet I struggle with it at the same time. Because that word can almost seem as if you can't miss it. But can I just tell you the truth? You can miss it. You can miss it. You can miss the plan that God has for you. You can miss what he designed for you to be. You can miss it if you let the schemer, the old liar, the accuser of the brethren so condemn you and, and, and confuse you in your life that you deny how God built you. You, you could miss it. And you could be there on your deathbed realizing that you climbed this ladder of what you thought was success only to find out it was leaning against the wrong wall. And there you are in old age regretting all of the years that you wasted when God wanted to use you for his kingdom purpose. He wants to do something in us and through us far greater than anything we could dream up on our own. Amen. That's how good he is. And there's nothing so evil that he can't use it. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says this. That God, and I know it says that, uh, that all things, but when you correctly parse this passage of scripture and translate it, God works all things together for good. For those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Things don't just work themselves out. God's the worker of the things. Amen. And it doesn't matter what thing it is that comes against you. God can use it for your good and his glory. Amen. And my favorite verse of scripture, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, you are his workmanship, his masterpiece. So not only were you born custom made, but even through all the beatings and bangings as 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 a blacksmith works that piece of steel, God is using every one of those strikes in you to create in you workmanship that he desires for you to be that word is also is out of the greek is the word poemo, which is the where we get the word poem you are his work of art amen and he has created you in christ jesus to do what good works which he prepared beforehand that you should walk in them amen And don't think, don't let the devil lie to you, the accuser of the brethren. Don't let him to think that you just went too far and now you're unredeemable. His calling is without repentance. In other words, he didn't change his mind about you. Amen? I need everybody to catch that. He didn't change his mind about you. In his omniscience, he knew the end from the beginning. And you didn't mess that plan up. No matter how bad you were or what evil you did, you didn't mess his plan up because he knew that you was going to do it before you ever did it. And he still called you to that purpose. Amen. I need, you to, I need you to catch that. Romans chapter 8 says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You're not condemned. No, he, he will use that evil to bring you to another. Oh man, this just kind of came to my mind. David, we started with David. David says, I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. He said, you custom made me to do the things that you did for me. Oh, David blew it. Did he not? Y'all remember the story of Bathsheba? Ooh, he blew it big time. Took another man's wife, got her pregnant, had him killed. You mean God can use a man like that? Not only did God use that man, he used that woman. And her child, not the first child. That child died because sin always has consequences. But do you remember Bathsheba's second son? name was Solomon. Solomon. I mean, can you, can you catch what I'm saying? I don't care what evil that you did. If you will turn your eyes to the Lord, he can take that thing and turn it into something awesome. Does that mean I just keep on doing evil? Paul says, don't even think it. I, I, I try to put a little uh, East Texas uh, uh, interpretation of what Paul says when he says, shall I sin so that grace may abound? He uses a double negative, which is bad English, but it's real good Greek. And how I interpret is, you stupid idiot, don't even think it. <laughs> that, that might not be exactly word for word. <laughs> but he said, don't even think it. However, also don't discredit yourself. For what God has already planned for you, he will bring it about if you keep looking up. Keep looking up. Brother Selly, into slavery goes up. Gets thrown in prison, goes up. Goes into Pharaoh's house, goes up. How does this keep happening? Every time they push him down, he rises up. How? Because he kept looking up. He kept looking at, what you look at, what you focus on will get bigger. Please catch that. If you are focusing on all of your problems, they'll get bigger. If you're focusing on all of your hurts, they'll hurt worse. If you're focusing on all of your sins, they'll be more shameful. But if you are focusing on the Lord, let us magnify the Lord. Well, he don't get bigger, but your understanding does. Your understanding of him gets bigger. Amen? Those, those problems that you had, they don't get bigger, but your th- thoughts of them do. Those evils that were done to you, they never get bigger because maybe the person that did them don't even remember it and they don't even know who you are. They don't get any bigger, but in your mind, they just continue to expand. So let us magnify the Lord looking unto Jesus, the author, perfecter, and finisher of our faith. Amen? Amen. I I know I missed some verses. I want to go back to Genesis chapter 50, and I'll wrap it up with this. Joseph's dad dies, and there's his brothers, and they're now a little afraid. As long as dad was alive, we're safe. But now that dad's dead, Joseph's going to kill us. And so they go to kind of whining with each other. But here's what Joseph says. He calls them to himself. He says, as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good. Y'all remember that part in that song we just sang? You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is to this day to save many people alive. Amen. Isn't God awesome? Do you think that if every time, you you would think that if every time Satan sabotaged us, it blew up in his face and it ended up elevating us, you would think that if, if, if that was the continual cycle of things, he'd just quit, wouldn't you? you think he'd just quit. you think, man, this Satan, he's kind of stupid. Because every time he hits me, I prosper. But, so why would he keep doing it? Because oftentimes it works. Y'all hear me? Many, many times, it works. It works. But won't God? Yes, if you look to God. If you look to God. But if, if you discredit yourself, discount yourself, disqualify yourself, and push away and say, oh, it's, I'm, I'm out. Then the very plans and purposes that you were custom made for, you're going to miss them you don't have to you don't have to you you can you can live out a life that is greater than you could ever imagine or dream because you've been custom made for greatness in the kingdom of heaven here's what i want to point out the greatness of joseph and what kept moving him up when others pushed him down he kept looking up unto the lord may we do the same this is who we are at sand springs We are the church that wants to help you be free. You need to get past your past and start living in your purpose. We are the church that wants to help you be free, to be the me that he created you to be. Amen? You're custom made. And and we desire to be a family of free people linked together, fulfilling the vision that God has for us. Amen? If you hadn't figured it out yet, uh, at Sand Springs, we, we are a family. Sometimes families have issues. But if you're family, you get those straightened out and you come back even stronger. Now, fortunately, when it comes to issues, I don't know of any here right now. And I haven't known any for some time. God has just been, it's just a sweet spirit in the house. Every, every service. It's just the sweetness. We're a family. It means you're my brothers and my sisters. And I want to help everyone be free to get past your past so that you can live the purposes that God's called you to live. And we want to be a family linked together. And not only that you individually are living out the purposes that he created you to do, but he also linked you together to this body for a purpose. And he's changing this city and this county. And he's using us to do it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.